it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never caught COVID-19. Not the Omicron, not original recipe, no COVID for this guy. Well, yesterday, President Biden accidentally told the world he had cancer. The White House, of course, walked back his statement. But today, they just announced that he really does have COVID. And, of course, we are sending the president best wishes. And we're also congratulating him because, technically speaking, this is the first positive result of his presidency. Come on, man. We will talk COVID, climate emergencies, and other things you shouldn't be too worried about at 888-788. Nine nine one zero eight 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 seven eight eight nine nine one zero. You know the rule on this show today and every day. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. We don't care. It's America. E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. We're all free range chickens. So be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a. That is it. Happy Thursday. Busy TV day for your radio buddy. I'm coming up with the K train tonight. You'll see me on Kennedy on the Fox Business Network. I appeared at. 5 a.m. this morning on Fox and Friends First. That hit is on the Fox Across America Facebook page if you want to check it out. Uh, And I bring up TV because yesterday, as we were sitting on set, I was supposed to be on America Reports yesterday at the very end of the show. That's how it works. You finish radio, you run down the hall, you jump on the TV set, and you close that show. Hey, here's Jimmy. He's got something silly to say about the news. Good night, everybody. Martha McCallum is up next. It's fun. It's a great thing. High honor to have that gig uh, from time to time when it comes my way. But yesterday, as we were sitting on set, myself and Sandra Smith, getting ready to cover the final story of the day, Biden, you know, walked up to a microphone and started giving a speech about a climate emergency in Massachusetts. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did happen. As we're sitting there on the set of America Reports, he starts babbling uh, that he has cancer. We were all like, we're sitting there like, wait, did he just tell us he had cancer? It was a mess. And uh, he was trying to make a point that himself and everybody he grew up with has cancer because there was literally oil uh, on his mom's windshield wipers growing up from the nearby plant and climate change. And this is why we all have cancer. Now, everybody was scrambling. Oh, my gosh. The president tells us he had cancer. It was a weird one, to be sure. But if you scrambled a little further, you realize he actually told this same story back in May about asthma and said, that's why I and the kids I grew up with, they all have asthma because we had oil on our windshields. We have a president that is clearly not all there. So just to confirm, okay, the president does not have cancer so far as we know. Thank God, because this is not a show that roots against anybody. We don't get on the air uh, and decide that just because somebody doesn't hold the same opinion as us, that they're not a person. So don't become that thing you hate, because like when Trump was diagnosed with covid, if you remember, I mean, the Internet's always a dumpster fire. I say it every day. Twitter is a fight club for people who don't actually want to get hit. They want all the confrontation. They want all the bile. They just don't actually want to do any of this in person, because here's a newsflash. Most of the people on Twitter talking tough are a bunch of. 
just to be clear. But now that Biden does, in fact, have a diagnosis of COVID-19, I do want to physically wish the man well uh, at a time when our country is so unhealthy because of this guy's leadership. Tell him like it is. And I say this not only because I'm a good person and I wish everybody well, but because if this doesn't work out for Biden, we've got something called President Kamala Harris. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 I'm not ready for that, man. (laughs) There is no world. I understand we got to get going to where we got to go because it's time to keep doing what we've been doing, and that time is every day. I get it. But it doesn't mean I or anybody should be on board with a President Kamala Harris. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. <laughs> but making matters worse for Biden is, you know, he's battling COVID. Doctors are saying his symptoms are mild. I don't know if that means the COVID or the dementia, to be clear. Uh, but they're saying he's experiencing mild symptoms in this moment. Okay, but now it is standard protocol in the Democratic Party. This guy is going to issue a statement thanking the vaccine. Say, I just want to thank God I've been vaccinated and boosted, which I never understood because you're telling people the vaccine didn't work. Okay, the whole point of a vaccine is to make sure you don't get the disease. That's the thing. There's no breakthrough cases. That's a new term we invented. Okay, you've never heard of 50 million breakthrough polio cases. You've never heard of 50 million breakthrough measles cases. But they've made that workaround for the vaccine. Why? Because obviously they're trying to boost vaccine enthusiasm and stuff like that. But basically bigger than that is because it's a therapeutic. It is a therapeutic for all intents and purposes that might help treat you in the event you contract the virus. It does not in any way, shape or form prevent you from getting the virus. Okay, and we only know this because most of the people getting COVID and making headlines are guys like Joe Biden who've been vaxxed and boosted two times. But the irony here is Biden was right about the vaccine back on the campaign trail when he was actually bashing the thing at every turn. Let's just say there is a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. They now say it's okay. And the question of whether it's real when it's there, that requires enormous transparency. You got to make all of it available to other experts across the nation so they can look and see. So there's consensus. This is a safe vaccine. If the president announced tomorrow we have a vaccine, would you take it? Only if it was completely transparent that other experts in the country could look at it. Only if we knew all of what went into it. If Donald Trump can't give answers and administration can't give answers to these three questions, the American people should not have confidence. But if Donald Trump tells us I should t- that we should take it, I'm not taking it. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. True story, because those same Democrats, meaning Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, who treated the vaccine on the campaign trail like Trump was making it himself for Barron School Science Fair. You know, hey, we're, we're not making the baking soda volcano the rest of the kids make, Barron. We're the Trumps. We're going big. We're making a vaccine. Come on, Barron. That's how they treated it on the campaign trail. 
But the minute they got into office, what did they do? They embraced the vaccine so much so that they would fire you from your job if you didn't take the vaccine. Okay, they embraced it so hard that they were telling you you could not get covid if you got this vaccine. That is a fact check false. And here's the proof. Here's Biden clip one. You're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get covid if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. You're not telling me the truth. Okay, here is Biden calling it a pandemic of the unvaccinated. If you remember, he was telling you, oh, well, this pandemic's only going on. Because people won't get out there and take the shot. That's why it's going on. Again, Joe Biden has been vaccinated and boosted three times. At least two that we know of. We believe it's three. But we know the White House has confirmed two in the most recent reporting we have. Yet he still has COVID. But here he is, again, shaming the unvaccinated. This is clip two. There's no excuse. No excuse for anyone being unvaccinated. This continues to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So we got to make more progress. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner in this. I told you back in September when they came down with a vaccine mandate, a mandate, by the way, that they were all against. They had gone on record as saying they would not support a mandate. Here are the faces of the Biden administration saying exactly that. Last spring. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. But Perhaps the federal government should step in and issue mandates. And if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. Um, That is the role that institutions, private sector entities uh, and others may take. That certainly is appropriate. Also, local communities uh, are going to take steps they need to take. I don't think you'll ever see a mandating of vaccine, particularly for the general public. He should be behind bars. That's Fauci. No, no, I don't think you'll see a vaccine. We shouldn't do that. That's Biden. No. That's Jen Psaki. No, no vaccine mandate. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. But what happened last August, and this is what you have to understand, what happened last August was Afghanistan. The president was about even to slightly above water in the polls going into Afghanistan. And after getting on TV and assuring us the Afghan army wouldn't collapse if we pulled our troops out ahead of the civilians, which, of course, it did within two days of him saying so. After getting on TV and declaring it was a successful airlift at a time when 13 service members had died, thousands of Americans had been trapped behind enemy lines, and oh, by the way, Afghanistan, a war we fought for 20 years to make sure it didn't become a breeding ground for terror groups, that war ended with a terror group in charge of their government sitting on $85 billion worth of weapons we left behind. That can't be good. No, it's not good, but it's especially bad for Biden's poll numbers. That was the day he lost the country in Afghanistan. He lost the country over Afghanistan. And if you remember me telling you this in September when they started to implement the vaccine mandate, I said they're doing this purely as a political ploy, meaning they know That ultimately, yes, COVID cases are going to go down because these variants hit us in waves. They go up in the beginning. They go down a few weeks later. And they wanted to be able to hang their hat on some type of victory. Okay, I told you in September of last year, cases had already begun to fall. 
but the media wasn't reporting it. Why? Because they wanted to keep people scared because your fear equals their ratings. The media is a bunch of losers. So the Biden administration, knowing cases had begun to fall, implemented a vaccine mandate so they could say, see, we threw on the mandate. And then ultimately the cases went down because, you know, they usually have to go down for about six months before the media will actually acknowledge it. Because, again, they're trying to squeeze as much ratings and fear out of this as they can. And I said this was a gambit by the Biden administration at a time when his support was cratering to rally his base and give Democrats the one thing they cherish more than anything else, which is the moral high ground. That's true. That is true. They love the moral high ground. So they spent the next two months saying what? Well, at least we're better than these Republicans who won't get the vaccine. They're killing people, these unvaccinated Republicans, because everybody knows if you get the vaccine, you can't spread the virus. The vaccinated people don't get and spread the virus. Yeah, but apparently nobody told the leader in the moral superiority army, Rachel Maddow, that that was the case because here she is in March yelling and screaming at the unvaccinated. It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. I believe that was five incorrect answers. If she was on Tucker Carlson's final exam with me, her score would be negative 10, and I would have my second career victory on that show. Okay? This was all about moral superiority. It was all about Riley in the base. That's what the vaccine mandate was. And I'm not saying that as someone who's anti-vax. I have the vaccine. I got the Johnson & Johnson. What they didn't tell me is it was Magic Johnson and Keyshawn Johnson. I can't catch COVID, but man, man, can I catch a pass. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I'm just being stupid. But the point is, all of those lies, all of those errors by the Biden administration really are pronounced on a day like today in a big way. Because if you call this a pandemic of the unvaccinated for a year and a half and then you yourself get COVID as a vaccinated person, kind of takes the wind out from under that entire claim. So I do send Joe Biden the best wishes with his health. I hope to God, at the very least, his physical health is better than the health of his credibility in this moment. Let Joe tell you how it will be He'll fire you so easily Cause Joe's the Vax Man Yeah, he's the Vax Man He's vaccinating one and all From young adults and kids real small Cause Joe's the Vax Man Yeah, he's the Vax Man If you drive a 
truck trailer backs you'll see. If you own a farm, fill backs you'll eat. If you're serving food, fill backs you'll eat. If your anti-vax man won't let you choose. Vaxman. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Crowded dance card today. Florida Representative Kat Kamek going to be in the house. We're also going to talk to Inez Stepman, superstar writer. Inez on Twitter describes herself as American anti-feminist champagne capitalist. I will drink to that. I'm into that. Champagne capitalist. She wants to make that money. Why? People don't come to America to apologize for their happiness. They don't come to America to have their success demonized. But that really is the message on the left right now. Check your privilege, you know, and that's why they're cratering in support. But the big story, if you're just joining us, is that Joe Biden did, in fact, test positive for COVID-19 a short while ago. This could be a problem. Yeah, it's not a good one. Uh, We root for the president, no matter who it is, whether we voted for them or not. Okay, just understand that. And uh, I hate every policy Biden has tried to implement. I, to be honest with you, because I cover this every day, I probably resent his leadership more than anybody listening right now because I'm a guy who really does root for the country. And I hate doing a one note show where you got to bash the, you know, the president if it's not the party you voted for. Because you understand most of talk radio, they're bashing this stuff, whether they agree with it or not, because these are not talented people. They're just guys selling you anger, getting you worked up so you'll keep glued to their show. But the truth is, I'm always on the air looking for that silver lining. Like if they do something right and it goes well, awesome. Okay, as they go, we go. I want to know the guy's doing a good job. So there were a lot of times where I feel handcuffed uh, covering this administration because it's just one dumb story after another. And I mean real handcuffs, not the invisible handcuffs that people like AOC wear. AOC is a dope. But we're going to get to some of your calls in the next break to talk about this. We'll probably gratuitously play some more of our vaccine bits that we wrote way back when because you always write them thinking you'll only get to use them for a month. But as it turns out, this pandemic of the unvaccinated has just ensnared more vaccinated people. So we will continue to cover it. When we come back right here on the big, bad, one and only high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. And now, a reading from the pandemic-themed children's book, Oh, the Places You Won't Go, by Dr. Fauci. Congratulations! Today is your day! 
if you've been vaccinated. If not, there's no way. Can't take planes, Biden said. Can't take trains, walk instead. You can't steer yourself any direction you choose. You're stuck at home and you're on your own, bro. Because you are the guy who's not vaxxed and can't go. You'll walk up and down streets, look in stores if you dare, but you can't go inside. You're not vaxxed, they don't care. Wear your mask in the rain and in snow and in sleet. You still can't hit a movie, they won't give you a seat. And you might still find many fun places in town. If you're going unvaxxed, you'll leave wearing a frown. And when spring starts to happen and winter is through, you still won't belong. You'll get kicked out then, too. Oh, the places you won't go. It is Andrew Dice Seuss spouting poetry here on Fox Across America. Why? Because the guy who implemented the federal vaccine mandate, the guy who fired you from your job if you didn't get vaccinated, you know, because vaccinated people are spreading or unvaccinated people are getting and spreading COVID. Well, the guy who has been vaxxed and boosted two times, Joe Biden, has just tested positive for COVID. Oh, wow. And again. We're wishing the guy well. He has enough on his plate between the cancer and the dementia. Here is the cancer diagnosis yesterday. Uh, just it's it's a mess, man. You know, I say this every day. I am always rooting for the president, whether I voted for them or not. But come on, man. We're in a little bit of a mess with this guy. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. Well, here's one of them, but it comes off a teleprompter. It's clip three. I just in an apartment complex when we moved to Delaware. And just up the road, a little school I went to, Holy Rosary Grade School. And because it was a four-lane highway that was accessible, my mother drove us and rather than us be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. It had to put on their windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer and why I can't for the longest time. Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. Okay, that's Biden. It's bad enough. He doesn't have cancer. The White House has clarified it. But I don't know what's more concerning, the fact that he thinks he has cancer or the fact that he thinks he got it from his mom's windshield wipers, which I got to be honest, not the most common way to catch disease. But what do I know? I'm not a doctor. Okay, the point is the White House doctors have, in fact, diagnosed this president with COVID-19 at a time when we've been told for the better part of two years this was a pandemic of the unvaccinated is what it is. You were lying your ass off. And I'm making this point, man. Okay, and I made it when Fauci tested positive for COVID. And I made it when Kamala Harris tested positive for COVID a short while before that. The first thing everybody does when they test positive for COVID is run to the Internet and say, thank God I'm vaxxed and boosted. I'm doing okay because of the vax. How do we know that? How do we really know that? Like, honestly, how do you know? Because understand, I'm not downplaying COVID. I'm not trying to minimize the suffering of people who've contracted COVID. We all know people who've died from COVID, including myself. So I'm not here calling it a hoax or a pandemic or anything in between. I'm not. Of course I'm not. But understand that they overhyped the fear in this thing because, number one, it was politically viable in an election year. But number two, it was ratings gold for the media ratings gold so much so that Andrew Cuomo, the guy who gave daily covid briefings, wound up winning an Emmy. That's right. They gave a trophy 
to Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! He did wind up losing that trophy uh, because he was uh, you know, a little frisky around the office with the female staffers. You ever seen a grown man naked? But understand that Andrew Cuomo was box office gold for the media when it came to COVID panic porn. He was getting on TV every day. And they were building him up as a means of tearing down Trump. Oh, well, well, why can't Trump be more like Cuomo? What do you mean? Send people with COVID to nursing homes to kill all the elderly, vulnerable members of the nursing home population, as Cuomo did? Understand, his own top aide outed Cuomo for falsifying the data in nursing home deaths so it would pad the advance in his book deal. Guy got a $5 million book deal because he wrote a self-congratulatory book about how to handle COVID in the middle of the pandemic. Again, the equivalent of dumping the Gatorade on yourself at halftime of a game you're not even winning. What an idiot. But that's where we find ourselves constantly when it comes to career politicians. They want the credit if things are going right for a half hour. But if things are going wrong for months and months and months... The number you have reached is not in service. Understand, the thing that built COVID up, uh, Cuomo up was supposed to be his handling of COVID. Uh, but lo and behold, we found out he had worse COVID rates than even the evil Ron DeSantis, who left his entire state open down in Florida. Remember that. And next time you see a Gavin Newsom presidential ad, okay, California crushed its economy, crushed the mental health and well-being of its school kids by denying them the right to learn in person implemented all kinds of vaccine mandates, implemented all kinds of mask mandates. And while all of them were in place, Gavin Newsom, the guy who implemented them, was still going out to dinner at the French Laundry restaurant. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's how he did us. Okay, but understand, I make this point as large part of a larger argument. Okay, yesterday up in Massachusetts, when Biden was giving us his cancer diagnosis, he was playing up a climate emergency. Wanted you to, oh, we got a climate emergency. We got to do something. Okay, never mind that when they tell you all of this about the heat and the world's on fire, June, 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 are you ready? June was the coldest June on record. Coldest June on record. Gets hot out in July, and they're like, the world's going to end. Save yourself. We've never seen heat like this in July. Oh, my goodness. So crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. And they're trying to capitalize on the July heat for two reasons. One, okay, yes, they do desperately want to transition to green energy. They declared war on the fossil fuel industry as part of Biden's campaign. And since getting into office, they have ended federal subsidies to drill on federal land and they have, lo and behold, crushed our energy sector and sold out American jobs to the rest of the world. Understand, in the process of doing so, they've caused more pollution. And I make that audacious claim. Why? Because we produce oil 42 percent cleaner here in America than any country we buy it from. If you're talking about Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, importing it from Russia or anywhere in between, it's cleaner here. So if you're keeping the consumption levels equal, which we are, but you're now getting them from other countries, that means you're just getting the oil with 42 percent more pollution. I admire your honesty. But never mind this. You're now burning even more fuel to get it into our country. That's stupid. 
Use your common sense. But they're trying to leverage this green energy thing because it's the centerpiece of the radical left-wing agenda in this country where they think they know what the weather's going to be in 50 years. Understand, the oldest joke in America, I say this every day on this show, the oldest joke in America is that, oh, you should be a weatherman. You could be wrong 82% of the time about tomorrow's forecast and still keep your gig. <laughs> that joke's been around for a 1,000 years, okay? Yet in a world where we all openly admit the weatherman doesn't know what's going to happen tomorrow, they want us to believe they know what the weather's going to do in 50 years. They're crazy. Half of it's crazy. Most of it, if we're being honest with each other, most of it is just stupidity. They're just flat out stupid. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Understand that. They just don't know any better. But there's such a healthy heaping portion of moral superiority when it comes to climate change because you get to accuse the rest of the world of destroying the planet. You, you're a superhero. You're a Marvel Avenger. I'm here to protect Mother Earth. Look at me. And don't forget to get my pronouns right. Look at me. I'm a super. I'm the, you're not Superman. You're super they. You're super them. Okay, you're not Superman. You're not, you know, Wonder Woman. You're Wonder non-binary cisgender thing or whatever they're going with these days. And I wish them no ill will. It's just a rapidly evolving terminology. Uh, but think about this. The moral superiority that comes with climate change is just Democrat gold. They don't care about the hypocrisy. You all know this. You're very well versed in the fact that everybody telling you to shrink their carbon footprint is flying around in a private jet. We ran a report yesterday that John Kerry's private jet, since becoming the climate czar, has emitted 300 cubic tons of carbon. Okay? That means John Kerry, the guy telling you to shrink your carbon footprint, okay, has a carbon footprint that wouldn't fit in Shaquille O'Neal's sneakers. That's John Kerry. You suck, you jackass. He's the worst. But here is Biden telling you climate change is a clear and present danger. Why? Because they want to leverage, when you hear emergency, emergency gives them special powers. It gives them the opportunity, are you ready? Are you set? To spend lots of money. That's the hook. When you hear emergency, what politicians are saying to you is, please give us money. That's all they're saying to you. But you're like, I, I can't. I gave all my money to the guy at the gas pump. But here's Biden saying it's a clear and present danger. Clip six. I come here today with a message. As president, I have a responsibility to act with urgency and resolve when our nation faces clear and present danger. And that's what climate change is about. It is literally, not figuratively, a clear and present danger. The health of our citizens and our communities is literally at stake. I mean, come on. You're alive. The health of, health of our citizens clearly at stake. I got cancer from the windshield wipers. It's bad. Corn Pop was a bad dude. You don't understand. It's a, it's a situation. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone... Climate change is a scam. It's a scam. And you want to know something? I, it's so funny. Can you think about the indelible moments of your life? You know, you have moments where, like, you hear a song and it takes you someplace in time where you had previously heard that. You know what I mean? That You know what I'm talking about like that? So it's, it's crazy. Like, every, every, every time I hear Love in an Elevator by Aerosmith, it takes me back to a, a church carnival where I, for whatever reason, I walked behind St. Bernard's and there were three kids smoking something. I didn't know what it was. It just smelled funny. 
you, know, you fast forward a couple of years, I was pretty well versed on the issue. But I'll never forget the church carnival was just blasting Steven Tyler singing Love in an Elevator. I have no joke. I just remember turning the corner and being like, that's weird. And, you know, fast forward, like I said, and I knew they were smoking weed. But as a young, innocent kid who was volunteering at the church carnival, this was a moment. You know, and that happens with anything. You know, you hear Don't Stop Believing. You think of the ending of The Sopranos, which wasn't very good, by the way. But the point is, this is one of those seminal moments when it comes to climate change. I was in my taxi. I was in 2G34. That was the medallion number I was in. It was a yellow crown Victoria. And it was a crazy day for me because my windshield wipers, when I got into the cab that day, couldn't be shut off. For the first three hours of my shift, it was a 91-degree day and sunny, but my windshield wipers were on nonstop anywhere I drove. It's so embarrassing that anyone who gets into the cab that day, you've got to be like, hey, uh, just so you know, I'm not crazy. My, the motor in my windshield wipers is screwed up. The switch isn't taking, and I got to go back to the garage and get this shut off. But in the meantime, we're going to drive around like a couple of nuts with the windshield wipers on on a sunny day. And it was funny because people like coming towards us the other way on the highway would be like, oh, there must have been a storm down there. They're driving with their wipers on. We should probably tell them they're out of the storm now. But it was, in fact, just the fact that my wipers wouldn't shut off, which is pretty embarrassing. But anyway, stick with me. I'll never forget listening to the late, great Rush Limbaugh, L. Rushbo. Remember the guy with talent on loan from God, as he used to say. And uh, he certainly had plenty of it. And I've been upfront about the fact that I do not have talent on loan from God, although I do know a fellow by the name of Jesus who sells stolen flat screen TVs in the Bronx. But stick with me. I'm driving along in 2G34 that day, and I had just taken a woman to Park Slope in Brooklyn with my windshield wipers the whole time. And I'll never, ever, ever, ever forget Rush saying to the rest of us, in rush terminology, talked about how climate change was selling out our economy to the chai comms. That was a term he used all the time, he used to crack me up. And I'll never forget him saying what we all know to be true. None of the people, none of the people telling you the world's going to end and we all got to worry about climate change are altering their lifestyle in any way, shape, or form. None of them. John Kerry's not flying commercial. Al Gore has an electric bill that makes Las Vegas look Amish. And when they talk to you about rising sea levels, understand that Barack Obama is building mansion after mansion on the beach. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. The point is, okay, as Rush was kind of eloquently stating it, every one of these climate people is completely and totally full of And don't doubt me. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America. Your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Hitting the road, folks. We're going to be slanging some jokes all summer long. Wow. Check it out. This is nuts. Going to be at the Encore in the Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, that is Friday, August the 19th. Rumors of a Jenny Fela sighting in the audience for that one. You can get tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Friday night, August 19th at the Encore. The following Friday and Saturday. Heading back out to the Reno-Carson City area. I will be at the Carson Nugget, baby. Tickets for that at ccnugget.com. 
two shows, uh, Friday and Saturday. It's going to be a meet and greet. There's going to be a hang. You better be there. Uh, we just added the Red Rock Resort out in Las Vegas. The champ playing Vegas. That might end really bad for me, but that's not till November the 5th. And before that happens, uh, we have a special announcement coming up about the great state of Iowa. Uh, a lot of local tri-state stuff coming as well. And if you happen to be listening on a station that hasn't had me visit the market, yo, call the station. Be like, hey, can you get Jimmy Fallon here? All you need is like a 12-pack. The guy will show up. He's got nothing to do. And uh, I will. I'll show up. And, you know, if you think of all of the markets we visited already and hung out with, we love to. That's the whole point is getting out there and meeting you guys is the best part of this gig. Because it's a reminder to me that I'm really it's it's very there's a lot of like reinforcement in this because it's a reminder that we're pulling off that thing uh, that we set our goal of doing, which was to create an audience and atmosphere for cool people, people who, you know, obviously cared a lot about the country, but didn't have to be jerks about it. Uh, They're always funny. Everyone insults my fashion and has jokes and talks about my son and how I'm obviously so much better at Madden than Lincoln happens to be. Shut your mouth. Lincoln Fallon will be on the show tomorrow. He and Jenny are wrapping things up tomorrow before the Gutfeld taping, which is, of course, tomorrow night at 11 p.m. And then if that's not enough, Fallon Saturday at 11 a.m., I am back with the great Neil Cavuto on the Fox News channel. we got a lot of action. We're throwing a lot of innings these days. Uh, but the one thing we're not doing, the one thing we're not doing is uh, misgendering anybody. Here is Biden yesterday calling Congressman Jake Auchincloss a she and then butchering his last name. It's clip four. There you go. Senator Elizabeth Warren, Congressman Auchincloss, sauce. where is she? There you go, Jake. <laughs> Have you ever had a check? <laughs> Arkansas. Like applesauce. Congressman Arkansas, where is she? There you go, Jake. I got to be honest with you. I've only had to name one kid, Lincoln. Okay. I don't know that Jake is the best name for a girl, President Biden. If you know their first name is Jake, I don't know that the gender is going to be female. Although it is 2022. So you never know if you're going to meet a woman by the name of Jake after all. What the hell is the world? I do not know, but we'll try to find out in the next hour with the great Inez Stepman on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big hour of Fox Across America coming up with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Inez Stepman, American anti-feminist, champagne capitalist. That's how she describes herself on Twitter, writing, of course, for The Federalist, appearing all over the Fox News channel. She is going to join us in this hour to discuss an update from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's worse than Kamala. If you remember AOC leaving the Supreme Court in invisible handcuffs the other day. Now, I got to be honest, man, the joke's going to be on us if we find out that AOC wound up getting handcuffed by the same invisible guy Biden's been shaking hands with all this time. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know. uh, And if you're just joining us, uh, the president has, of course, tested positive for covid-19. The White House announcing that a short while ago. 
And, of course, we wish this guy no ill will. He's a president of the United States. But even if he wasn't the president of the United States, we don't want anybody to get sick. We don't want anybody to do bad health-wise. Just the problem we have is they spent the last two years telling us what? That this was, in fact, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. You're not telling me the truth. Okay, we now know chapter and verse dozens. I mean, literally hundreds of members of Congress who have been vaxxed and boosted and tested positive for COVID. So it's very hard to take them seriously when they tell you getting vaccinated is not a personal choice because that's what they tell you. Sure, you may be young and you may be healthy and you'll do fine. But if, in fact, you get COVID, you could spread it to somebody else more vulnerable. You'll wind up killing them. Come on, don't bullshit me. Because understand, vaccinated people are spreading COVID just as much as unvaccinated people. Okay, and that's not me being anti-vax. I'm just being pro-truth in this moment. Never mind that was always a baseless argument, mainly because, oh, you've got to get vaccinated if you're healthy because you might give it to the unhealthy. If the immunocompromised, hey, if they're immunocompromised, then why the hell don't they have the vaccine? I think he's got a point. Why am I the bad guy? If I was the young, healthy 22-year-old, why am I to be made the bad guy for doing what I think is right for me? When supposedly there are all these other people wandering around unvaccinated who should have the vaccine. I mean, that was the scam of the whole thing. I told you last September they pushed a vaccine mandate because it was a culture war issue. They knew vaccinated people were getting covid because vaccinated people were getting covid. But they got on TV anyway with a straight face and said, oh, you got to get vaccinated or you're going to kill everybody else. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. Exactly what it was. It was a culture war issue. It gave the Democrats moral superiority. They spent the last year telling you you were a murderer if you were unvaccinated. And again, the old saying, if you have the facts, pound the facts. If you got nothing, pound the table. When it comes to COVID and transmission rates amongst the vaccinated, uh, when it comes to those transmission rates amongst the unvaccinated, the Democrats are yet to show us the distinction. Put up! Or shut up. They can't. Okay, but in this moment, it's all out the window now. The guy who spent a year telling us it was a pandemic of the unvaccinated, the vaccinated and boosted guy, he has COVID. It's clip two. Here's Biden. There's no excuse. No excuse for anyone being unvaccinated. This continues to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So we got to make more progress. You're a bald faced liar. A liar. This continues to be a pandemic. Of the unvaccinated. Sorry, man. And why do I highlight that? Because Joe Biden was supposed to be the great unifier. Do you remember that? Unity beats in my soul. That's why I'm running the presidency. To bring the country back together. Then he got into office and said anybody who supports Georgia's voter ID law was worse than Jim Crow. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia. Again, this is the guy that's going to unite the country, saying you are worse, Jim Crow on steroids, worse than an era where 17 Democratic-run states denied black people the right to vote through violence, mobs, dogs, Bull Connor, poll taxes, literacy tests, grandfather clauses. He wanted you to believe that showing a driver's license was worse than that. And that's disgusting. Okay, but then he continued the great unifier. 
to tell us this was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Again, not exactly the words of a unifier. Hey, half the country is going to get you killed. Shame on these people. Fire them from their jobs. This guy's the worst. That's not right. But that's exactly what he did. And again, he did both of these things over a lie. You know, one of the fascinating things the media did last week as it pertains to the abortion debate is if you remember, Biden ran with a story last Friday that a 10-year-old girl in Ohio had been raped and denied health care because of Ohio's abortion laws. Now, at the time, we had no proof from law enforcement agencies that this 10-year-old girl had been raped. No criminal charges had been filed so far as we knew, and there was no case history to document these claims. So a lot of commentators were saying, wow, this is a pretty willy-nilly statement by the president of the United States over the rape of a 10-year-old girl. And if you remember me telling you on the show, I hope to God it's not true because I don't want to know a 10-year-old kid got raped. But when, in fact, we wound up finding out that it was true, sadly, this girl was raped. Everybody in the media was like, ha-ha, see, all of you conservatives got that one wrong. But what they missed is the real argument we were making, and it's the same argument I made on this show, is that Biden was using that story to push a lie. The lie being that Ohio's abortion laws weren't going to treat this 10-year-old girl at a time of rape or incest, which, oh, by the way, turned out to be wildly false. We knew that at the time. We know that even now, after the rape story was proven true, Biden's statement about the abortion laws still happens to be false. That's just reality. I admire your honesty. But there's not a lot of truth when it surrounds the abortion debate. Think of AOC, who got handcuffed invisibly a few days ago. AOC is a dope. Maybe so. But what has AOC been yelling? Oh, it's okay to chase Supreme Court justices. Chase them out of a restaurant. Harass their kids at school. They shouldn't be at peace. Because what did she say? Half the country is going to die from ectopic pregnancies because of these abortion laws. Understand an ectopic pregnancy, number one, isn't treated by abortion. This is when a baby is being formed outside the uterus at a risk to the mother's health. If the baby goes to term, the mother dies. All 50 states make it mandatory to treat an ectopic pregnancy through medicine. They cannot legally deny a woman this treatment. It is not affected or covered under abortion laws. But it didn't stop AOC from getting out there and telling this lie and weaponizing this lie no differently than Biden did. And why is the rhetoric getting more insane? Why are they getting more shameless? Are you ready for it? It's because the abortion issue hasn't moved the needle for them nearly as much as they hoped it would. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. The reason the Democrats, if you remember, leaked, leaked the SCOTUS draft memo on the Dobbs case that would ultimately lead to the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade is they wanted to get as long of a political runway as humanly possible. They wanted to ramp up the bile and the vitriol towards the court in one, hoping it would influence their decision, which is a federal crime, intimidating a judge. But in two, 
galvanizing their base for the midterms. Listen, you can't run on inflations at a 40-year high. You can't run on nobody can afford gas. You can't run on everybody's overdosing or getting poisoned by fentanyl, which is what it is. It's a poisoning. You can't run on that. But you damn well can run on, you know, Republicans want to kill women if people are dumb enough to believe it. The problem the Democrats ran into in this instance is that people weren't dumb enough to believe it and the polls haven't moved. The game is over, but nobody's told them. So now we're getting performative arrests. We're getting judges being chased because they're trying to sell us a more dire situation than their supporters are waking up to. Here's the deal. Everybody who got imaginary handcuffed is from a state that will have no change to their abortion laws. They misrepresented the argument. You understand. They told people that if Roe versus Wade got overturned, abortion would become illegal. Okay, doctors would go to jail for treating women. Women were going to have to leave the country. Yo, do you understand? The overturning of Roe versus Wade didn't actually issue any ruling whatsoever on abortion. None. Zip. Didn't say abortion bad. Didn't say abortion good. What it says was abortion is a state's rights issue, meaning every single citizen in this country will have a say in whether or not their state has abortion and if it does for how long. What Roe versus Wade did and the reason even the late great Ruth Bader Ginsburg considered it to be on shaky legal ground was it federalized the decision and denied the states a say. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. Okay, so all this really did, even though the Democrats were like, this is the end of democracy. No, no. This was the beginning of democracy. Democracy is when people vote and have a say. Overturning Roe versus Wade allows people to vote and have a say. Federalizing Roe versus Wade denies people a say, just lets the feds call the shots. But you understand because a lot of people knew the difference. Because a lot of the people who want abortion on demand, like it's an app on your phone, which is disgusting, by the way. Okay, but a lot of the people who feel that way live in states where the laws aren't going to change. So they can't really use this politically the way they had hoped to. You can't really convince women they're under attack. When we have abortion laws that put us on an equal footing to China and North Korea, which aren't exactly the best human rights folks in the world. Do you understand everybody who gets on the Twitter and goes, oh, this America, this is ridiculous. I'm moving to Europe because of the abortion. Yo, Europe, Europe has stricter abortion laws than we do. They cap it at 12 weeks in all of Europe. In America, you can practically abort a third grader if you're not happy with the report card. It's madness in these blue states. Not cool. But the fact is they've misrepresented their position so much that it's no longer working for them. Okay, what does work for AOC is Instagram clicks. So there she was last night doing a Q&A explaining that she wasn't faking the handcuffing. No, not at all. We all imagine that there was a real reason for this. Take it away, Josh. Republicans' favorite hobby is to make conspiracy theories out of everything to distract you and keep you from talking about what's actually important, which is the fact that they are trying to take away your right to bodily autonomy. If I was faking that, why would I intentionally fist pump somebody? It's so I mean, come on. AOC is a dope. I mean, really, AOC. Did you hear any of that? What would you do with a brain if you had one? Okay, folks, she did performatively handcuff herself, and then she just forgot she was handcuffed, so she did the fist bump. 
she immediately throws her hands right behind her back again to keep up the optics of, oh, this is an arrest. I'm cool. I have hippie street cred. Look at me. I stood up for something that didn't need standing for because I represent New York where the abortion laws will never change because 96 percent of this dump is liberal. Okay, but what was she doing? She was trying to help women. She was trying to help her street cred. She was getting arrested for the street cred. Okay, she put her hands behind her back because she wanted that optic out there of her getting arrested. No differently than that dopey Ilhan Omar did the same damn thing. But again, it's not about the issue. It's about them. And the reason they're getting so desperate and their attempts to boost their own profile off of this issue is because it's not working for anyone else but them. Listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Because you can't build a wall high enough to keep out a, 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 a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the spread of these diseases. And so everybody talks about freedom and not to have a to have a shot or have a test. Well, guess what? And so how about patriotism? How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else? What about that? What's the big deal? We're not in a position where we think that any virus, including the Delta virus, which is much more transmissible and more deadly in terms of non-unvaccinated people, the, vi- the, the, the various shots that people are getting now cover that. They're, they're, you're okay. You're not going to... You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Continue to spread the diseases. And so we should think of in the patriotic duty, whether you're, whether you're working in a supermarket to make sure you have been vaccinated so you're not spreading anything to anyone else, or you're not likely to get the virus, whatever virus. And Delta still is the worst. So that's a minute. That's a minute. A minute of Joe Biden telling you that vaccinated people can't get COVID. Not even close. Okay, Joe Biden, vaxxed and boosted multiple times, has in fact 
contracted COVID-19. And we're wishing him the best of luck. I'm just highlighting the fact that you've been yelled at for two years because this was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And now all of the vaccinated are getting COVID. It's insanity. And again, we don't want anyone to get sick and die. That's not what we're rooting for here, especially not in this instance where a Joe Biden death would result in a Kamala Harris presidency. No, God, no, God, please, no, no, no. Nobody, nobody is signing up for that disco. Nobody's buying tickets to that one. That is not good. You know, but when you hear like right now, as we speak, as we speak, Hillary Clinton has just posted a photo of herself getting off the Clinton-Gore campaign jet back in 92. 92, that was the first Clinton campaign, not the second one, where things eventually went sideways because he won the election, but got caught using an intern as a humidor. I believe that together we can make America great again. But the point is Hillary Clinton getting her fresh face out there. Hey, I know this guy's sick, but I'm still here. She's a political stray cat that we fed once and she won't go away which means it's only a matter of time till she's back out on the campaign trail pandering to black voters again. That's us. Really? Yes. She's got the energy. I don't feel no ways tired. When I find myself in times of COVID, Dr. Fauci's on TV, sparking mass confusion, CDC. And in two years of the lockdowns, he has screwed us over royally. All the rules keep changing, CDC, CDC, CDC. CDC and Fauci, no clue what they're doing, CDC. And when the vaccinated people masking up in stores agree, none of this is science, CDC. For though they may be boosted, there is still a chance they'll infect me. What's the point of mandates, CDC? CDC, 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 CDC. Please get Dr. Fauci off TV. CDC, 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 and Fauci. Fire all these morons, CDC. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if you're like the Beatles, pining for the end of the Fauci regime, uh, you are going to get your wish sometime soon. Fauci announcing uh, earlier in the week that he will leave at the end of Joe Biden's first term. And we got a follow up to that from Rand Paul saying that if, in fact, the Republicans take back the Senate and the House, Fauci will be Subpoenaed to testify under oath on the Hill yet again. He should be behind bars. A lot of people feel that way. But the truth is, regardless of where you stand 
on COVID and the whole moral superiority debate surrounding vaccines and everything in between. The inescapable truth we're just highlighting in this moment is Biden, who, of course, we wish well, has tested positive for COVID despite the fact that he's vaccinated and boosted, meaning once and for all. Are you with me on the count of three? You can say it together. This is not this is not a pandemic of the unvaccinated. We cannot, cannot live this charade ever again. All I ever want, man, I just tell you this every day as I get on the air. Okay, this show, we always say it sounds like I'm getting paid in Tide Pods and cheap tequila. And it's partly because that's true. Uh, mostly because I need a better agent. But stick with me. I'm just trying to have an honest conversation with you. And whether we were talking about COVID, we were never honest. Never honest. When they told you, forget about your freedom. This has nothing to do with a personal choice. You're going to infect my grandma if you're unvaccinated. Here's a news flash. You're going to infect your grandma even if you are vaccinated. Oh, wow. It's just reality. And there's no different than the abortion debate right now. They didn't criminalize abortion. It's not banned. They're not arresting doctors. Women aren't dying of ectopic pregnancies. We just want an honest conversation. That's all we really ask for on this show. And it's been very hard to do that because people are really trying to showboat here, trying to get as much clout as they can. That's why you've got congresswomen walking around in invisible handcuffs. And make no mistake, they're in invisible handcuffs. Josh, can you give me that AOC explanation one more time? Republicans' favorite hobby is to make conspiracy theories out of everything to distract you and keep you from talking about what's actually important, which is the fact that they are trying to take away your right to bodily autonomy. If I was faking that, why would I intentionally fist pump somebody? It's so- what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. No one's trying to take away your bodily autonomy. Would you shut up? And by the way, it's a very rich accusation for a bunch of people who are just telling you get the vaccine or you're fired. (laughs) Get the vaccine or you can't go out in polite society ever again. It's a really convenient pivot to go back to my body, my choice when it suits you. It's an even more convenient pivot to go back to a woman's right to choose after you just spent months and months and months telling us there were no biological differences between men and women. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. There's never been a dumber time to be alive, but thankfully we have smart people who could sort this out for us. The great Inez Stepman is one of us. She joins us when we come back right here on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America. The critics have spoken. You snotty little bastard. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Fired up to talk to this next guest. One of my favorite birthing persons anywhere. Uh, she's, of course, a superstar writer over at The Federalist. She's here all over this channel. Inez Stebman, back in the house. Hey, girl. Hey, it's great, great to be back. Great to see you. I was describing you to the audience earlier based on your Twitter bio of American <laughs> anti-feminist champagne capitalist. I mean, I love all three labels. I, I specifically love anti-feminist. I want to jump in on this really quick, and maybe you can speak to this, because I don't believe anti-feminist is a pro-woman's movement. I feel like it's just like a liberal movement, because you don't hear a lot of support for pro-life women in the feminist movement. Is that 
part of why you feel that way? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a large part of it. Obviously, since the 70s, feminism has jumped a shark even by the standards of feminism. Um, <laughs> but I, I actually have a deeper objection that goes back through all the waves, which is that the differences between men and women are uh, socially constructed. Mm-hmm. I think they're largely not socially constructed. I mean, some things obviously are like pink and blue. Okay. Those are social constructions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there are really deep biological differences between men and women, and it's not just, you know, whoa, the whoa, stuff that we whoa. Die. <laughs> yeah. You just got us both kicked out of Disney. Way <laughs> yeah, to go, yeah, Stephen. I'm going to cut my mic here. <laughs> no, no, but may continue that point because there are. There are we should be allowed to acknowledge this. Yeah, yeah, and it's not just the simple ones, right? Obviously, now we're at the point where we deny even the most obvious differences. We put a man in a boxing ring with a woman, and surprise, <laughs> surprise, her skull gets cracked, right? Um, we deny even the most obvious things. Mm-hmm. Now we have you know women with penises and yeah. whatever all crazy language games mm-hmm. we're playing now. But there are deep differences that go beyond that. I mean, you can tell with 90 – I think I can't remember if it's 94 or 96% accuracy at a six-month fetus in the womb. If you do a brain scan, you can tell with 94 to 96% accuracy mm-hmm. uh, whether that's a male or a female. There are brain differences. There are psychological differences. And I just feel the whole world would be much nicer if we accepted that those are differences and then tried to build a society – that respected those differences, I feel like we would just understand each other better and everyone would be just a little bit happier. I mean, not too happy, but just a little bit happier. Well, so you got a lot of balls showing up here with solutions. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're not supposed to have solutions, but it's true. You know, the most cliched thing in the world when they say, like, oh, the truth shall set you free. If we were telling the truth about anything that's dividing the country right now, we'd be so much better. We would actually calm down, like even as it pertains to abortion, which is such a hot-button issue right now. Um, if we were pretty honest about, number one, what the overturning of Roe constituted, but even number two, what we know to be you know, evolutions in science that tell us things about babies, as you've described, I think there'd be a point of compromise on abortion. I think it would be 12 weeks or less like they have in Europe, but I don't think we'd be chasing judges or getting invisibly handcuffed because we're trying to sell people on the idea that women are under attack, because I don't feel that they are do you on some level feel like they are no i mean to the extent that women are under attack it's because we're pretending that men are women i mean That's incarcerated women are under attack because they're having men with penises being put <laughs> you into see their that in jersey by the yeah, way there's a bunch of states that are doing that there's um california uh-huh. uh washington state illinois um I think Oregon has it as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So, th- th- yes, there, there are real attacks. We actually have uh, something called the Women's Bill of Rights over at IWV, which is um, basically defining the sexes under the law so that trying to stop some of this insanity. So, yes, I do feel like women are under attack, but no, not not under this issue. And I agree with you. Actually, we're seeing the percentage of people in every poll since Roe was overturned who care um, or who are putting abortion in their top issues, who are very, very concerned or angry about it, it's dropping over time. And I don't think it's just because it's falling out of the news cycle because the left is trying to keep it in the oh, news yeah, cycle yeah. as much as possible. But I think it's because people are interacting with the reality as opposed to what they were told the end of Roe would mean, right? Mm-hmm. The reality is this issue goes back to democracy. It goes back to the people. Um, the average American voter thinks that abortion should be legal with some restrictions through the first trimester and illegal after that. We're seeing the states shake down kind of around that, right? You have yes. states that are much more liberal, states that are much more conservative on that issue. But like – this is what democracy looks like. So I think there's a certain calming effect as people look around and realize, oh, my neighbors aren't crazy. It's yeah. the media that's crazy. <laughs> Inez Stepman is in the studio. She's a senior policy analyst at the Independent Women's Forum. What I found to be so funny about this, Inez, is everybody who did get pretend handcuffed represents a state <laughs> where the abortion laws aren't changing. 
they're not even under they're not even affected by anything that's going on right now. So do you think on some level, like you said, when you look at the polling, this isn't the politically viable issue they were hoping it would be? Do you think just that's where we are now? It's getting more cartoonish in hopes of mobilizing that cavalry that isn't riding in at the polls. Do you think that's a little what it is? I mean, there's definitely a drama factor here, right? There's AOC (laughs) pretending to get arrested, except for when she does the power fist, right? Um, (laughs) It's it's look, I I don't know. I I find this sort of offensive to the entire idea of civil disobedience, right? There are real consequences in civil disobedience, right? If you read, you know, letter from Birmingham Jail, or there there are real there there were real consequences assigned to that. I mean, this kind of like fake larping for for the social media clicks, um, I, I think is is pretty. I mean, it's it's funny. So, uh-huh. I mean, at least that, right? We haven't had Trump on scene for a while, so we need something to laugh at, right? <laughs> we just need content. So it's like, yeah, we'll sign up for it at this point. I get it. Well, speaking of content, what do you make of the fact, okay, Biden gets COVID, which kind of, you know, again, we've been crowing forever. It's not a pandemic of the unvaccinated, as he claimed. This is obviously uh, a full-blown rebuff of that narrative. But at the same time he gets COVID, there's a picture on Twitter today from the people's pantsuit, Hillary Rodham Clinton, <laughs> where she's getting off a campaign jet and saying, like, on the move. I, are there any coincidences when it comes to Biden getting sick and Hillary saying, I'm still here? <laughs> uh, I'm just really shocked is not the right word, but it is really depressing that uh-huh. they have nobody but Joe Biden. I know. And it literally Hillary Clinton is muscling her way back in being <laughs> she like, she is though. I got, I got a campaign <laughs> for you. Like, oh, this my is God. just, if I were a Democrat, I would be so depressed right now. I'm just saying like, even aside from the polls and the midterms, it's just, is there no standard bearer on the left? First of all, who's under the age of 80. <laughs> and second of all, like, has any and look we shouldn't talk that much because trump is a trump's an older guy too yeah, yeah, of course. um but you know at least we have like we have DeSantis, cotton like there's there's clearly a bench mm-hmm. for the right of a bunch of you know gen x rising right <laughs> um finally stepping out of of their uh their record yeah. room and into the, the seats of power i hope <laughs> uh but you know they're, they're you could make a list right yeah. you could make a list of sort of up and coming. i'm not sure i can make a list of anybody that isn't geriatric <laughs> that is holding power in Democratic Party right now. That's that's my favorite part. When the Democrats say the country needs new blood, they actually mean transfusions. They're like, no, no, we need, we need, we need <laughs> new like blood. Like some kind of Peter Thiel thing where they're just – they just have – actually, they just take AOC and they put they put like an IV and they trip her into Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> oh, I'm dying. And if there's a stock that does that, the Pelosi's have bought it. Make no mistake oh, wait, about I mean, it. Oh, wait. I have, I have one more thing to say about AOC Please. actually. Uh, you know that clock in uh, – for those not in New York, there's, there's a clock in Union Station that's a countdown to the climate change end of the world. It's yeah, like yeah. seven years. I actually think that clock should be the countdown – to when AOC turns 35 and she runs for president. <laughs> like that, you see, like that's a kid. That's hilarious, by the way. Inez Stepman's in the studio. I would sign up for that campaign. Would you not just to watch it? Like that I would watch. Like Kamala, I don't want to watch. We really would get annoying. But AOC, for whatever we think of her, she's she has a fertile creative mind in that there's always a new way to do this. Like Kamala, we're just watching the sad limitations of her intellect, the redundancies in speech, and that phony thing she tries to do to look authentic, where she has like the laugh and the, you know, the AOC thing. There's so, Every time she gets on Instagram, to cook macaroni and cheese, there's a new angle this story goes in. So I'd at least feel like there'd be some entertainment value. 
Yeah, I mean, entertainment as the world burns, maybe. I mean, look, <laughs> it's the age of narcissism, so and she's really good at it. Uh-huh. So yeah. uh, she's the poster child for sort of millennial narcissism. So, yeah, that's just why I keep saying I'm a millennial, but I keep saying, Gen X, this is your last chance. You have to seize power now because between the boomers and the millennials – it's just it's it's going to be all downhill from here. You got you got to at least give America like 20 good years. You know, well, this, that's the one thing it is like we are living through the season finale, the series finale of America in a weird way. It feels like that right now, which is unfortunate. None of us are rooting for that. But it really is. It's such a mess. What do you think Biden's biggest threat is right now? Is it the cancer, the COVID or the dementia? <laughs> uh I mean, I want to say all these serious things about the threats to the country, but mm. uh, to, to Biden personally, I mean, I, look, I, I can't help but feel sorry for him, actually. Yeah, I, I, I really can't. I, I can't laugh about this anymore. I covered the um, Democratic primaries, and this is not all that long ago, right? The yeah. primaries for the last election, and he was a totally different person like you could just tell he he was and, and the presidency is a demanding job for everyone yeah. which i mean look at obama's hair before and after right yeah, the gray and he's hair relatively yeah. young um this is a really really demanding job and yeah i mean like obviously the larger concern is for the country but but this is he, he is clearly too old to do the job i know mm-hmm. that it's not you know i guess now it's becoming okay to say that but it, it is really clear that he is too old to do the job um and I, I find myself feeling sorry for him, which I shouldn't feel sorry for the leader of the free world, yeah. especially when he's creating so many disasters for Americans and, mm-hmm. and our lives. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you just do get the sense I, I am at this point, like just just put Kamala in, even though I hate her. It's just well, this, I, it's this, just put her. In. <laughs> this is one point I would make to that because she is she does have self-preservation instincts. She's completely unprincipled. And if someone intelligent could point her in a, in a direction that was politically expedient, even if it meant abandoning some of the principles that have governed this administration, I do believe she'd make that pivot. Meaning if someone said, hey, this is for your own good that you distance yourself a little bit from this green energy stuff and boost domestic oil production. I actually think she's capable of doing that in her own self-interest where Biden doesn't have that because I don't get the feeling you just you know, we say this to the point of cliche that he's not in charge. But do you ever really watch him and say he's in charge? No. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the the scarier question here is who first of all, who is in charge? I don't think it's Kamala. Um, Oh, definitely. But but that's that's not even the the largest question here. Mm there's a large part of the government that operates completely without political control. And you can call it administrative state, the deep state, whatever you want to call it. But these agencies, they never they never get fired. They have a political perspective Um, in in 2016. Ninety five percent of the donations from federal employees went to Hillary. Okay, so it was ninety nine percent in the State Department. right? So they have a political perspective. Like the only places more sort of politically active are are faculty lounges. Okay, and. (laughs) They they operate regardless of who the president is, and yeah. I think that's largely what we're seeing now mm-hmm. is essentially this professional managerial class – not to go all James Burnham here, but like <laughs> this professional managerial class that actually operates the government has no democratic control, not even the democratic control of somebody like Joe Biden, right? Mm-hmm. It just operates regardless of who the president is. It does whatever it wants, um, and, and that that is a, a small d democracy problem. I know we're like always hearing about – how it's a problem for democracy and norms. This is a real problem for democracy and norms. An actual problem. Yeah. 
That's why she is a senior policy analyst at the Independent Women's Forum, which means top shelf liquor at all the functions. You know, the juniors, you know, you're drinking well, but not as a senior. Uh, Inez Stepman, you're way too classy for this program, but I love when you come on. We'll do it again. <laughs> That's what the champagne capitalist part is for. <laughs> no, it so is. And we're talking good champagne. Uh, there she goes. There we go. Back after this with Representative Kat Kamek from the great state of Florida for a big boy, big girl, big they, big them talk about all things America on Fox Across. America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are fired up. Got a big hour coming your way on Fox Across America. Florida Representative Kat Kamek in the House from the 3rd Congressional District. We're going to have a grown-up talk about the ongoing baby formula shortage, the inflation, this show trial relating to January 6th. And, of course, Joe Biden. Uh, doctors now saying at the White House his symptoms are mild. But enough about dementia. Oh, stop it. If you're just joining us, the president of the United States has, in fact, tested positive for COVID-19. We are wishing him well, uh, as we always do. This is not an ill will show. We're not mad at anybody. We don't hate anybody. I mean, for all that, Joe Biden would probably be my favorite guy in the world if I met him at a party. Who doesn't like a guy who's friends with invisible people? That's that's always entertaining. Anybody can talk to the people in the room. Biden's got a sixth sense thing going on. Biden's lost his marbles. Well, let's hope he finds them as it pertains to COVID uh, sometime soon. 888-788-9910, the phone number. Uh, but we begin here in this hour. I want to dive into something really quick because there's the January 6th hearings. Switch back to prime time tonight. This is fascinating. It's like an old school World Series. You get a day game. You get a night game. It's actually more like a modern NBA playoff series where there's no consistency. Like there's one game between game one and game two, but then there's five days between games two and game four. You know, it's crazy. And they have staggered this thing all over the map. Obviously, the ratings have dropped precipitously from the debut a month and a half ago. If you saw season one of January 6th, season two isn't really rating as well. Uh, but they're stepping on the gas tonight in prime time. Why? Because we've got some fascinating polling out today. Uh, it is a NPR PBS NewsHour Marist poll. The polls got so bad on their own, they've just they're teaming up now. They're forming like a Voltron. Remember Voltron, all the lions would form like one bigger lion. That's what we're dealing with now when it comes to polls. Their trustworthiness has gotten so low. They're like, what if we all team up on this one? And they did. And uh, the good news is it seems to be on par with most other polls out there. The bad news is it tells you what you already know to be true is we have people in this White House that have no idea what they're doing. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Check it out. Joe Biden, as we head into... Game five of the January 6th committee. Joe Biden right now is less popular amongst Democrats than Donald Trump was right after January 6th. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. Think about that. January 6th, which we are to believe, and it was a bad thing. I was on the air when it happened. We condoned it. We condemn political violence in all shapes and sizes. Doesn't matter which party it comes from. Like if you care about the country. You can't say nothing if your party's doing it and then turn around and go crazy if you see it on the other side. So you got to be Dr. Seuss. When it comes to political violence, you condemn it on a goat, on a boat, on a train, on a plane. 
all of which will require you to be wearing a mask come September because they're going to be pushing COVID on us again, and Fauci will be hitting you with that. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Maybe so. But the point is, we always condemn it, so much so that when the Capitol happened— And the Democrats are like, oh, we've never seen anything like this before in Washington. Oh, my goodness. The attacks in Washington, they're unprecedented. (laughs) If you remember in the summer of 2020, they stormed the White House over the course of multiple nights with such a level of ferocity that they had to erect a second barrier around the White House after 50 Secret Service agents were treated for rocks and bricks. Donald Trump himself hustled into a bunker beneath the White House at the behest of the Secret Service, at which point Democrats began derisively referring to him as Bunker Boy. Okay, but those same Democrats who were calling him Bunker Boy, why? Because the White House was under attack, turned around when the Capitol was under siege and was like, oh, hell no, we ain't never seen nothing like this. Democrats are so full of crap. They really are. But again, January 6th was bad. You shouldn't be storming the Capitol. I don't care who you vote for. Okay, you storm the Capitol. You're not a Republican. You're not a Democrat. You're a that's what it was. Okay, and I condemned it then. I condemn it now. I condemn everybody who ran up those stairs, especially their leader in the Chewbacca bikini. But the real problem for Democrats right here, and this is fascinating. I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's kind of sad if you're a guy like me who cares about the country. Is January 6th, which is supposed to be the be all end all the day we almost lost our democracy which is my favorite claim in the world because they literally took a recess and finished their work that night. It wasn't even, again, it was bad. So don't make it sound like I'm downplaying the significance. It was bad. It just just wasn't what they want you to believe it was, which was a deadly white supremacist insurgency aimed at overthrowing the government. Yo, you don't overthrow the most powerful government on earth with no weapons. You don't overthrow the most powerful government on earth by getting let in through the side doors in the case of a lot of the people who happen to be in jail right now. Okay, that's the kind of thing that would require force. And don't get me wrong, there was plenty of force used. But when we call it a deadly white supremacist insurgency, it's worth noting that the only person who died that day was one of the air quote white supremacists, a former veteran by the name of Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed Trump supporter, female, shot in the throat by Capitol Police. Do we ever hear a word about police shooting that unarmed person? The answer would be no. Of course not, because she's white and she's a Trump supporter, which means you're never going to hear a thing. Bingo. But that being said, despite all of the attempts to play up January 6th, I don't know why you wouldn't just let it speak for itself. It was hideous and heinous and bad. Joe Biden is now less popular today than Donald Trump was after January 6th. So Joe Biden now less popular than the guy who, according to Democrats, committed the most heinous act in the in the history of this country. Do you start to get the feeling at some point the media has different priorities than the American people? That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Again, Trump, they should die in prison, according to the media. Well, according to the public, Biden is worse than Trump. Why? Because people who are trying to pill, pay bills, fill a gas tank... Get home at night without being mugged, send their kids to a party without them overdosing after taking one pill. Again, it's not even an overdose. It's a poisoning. If you are a parent 
and you speak to your kids about this, they're being poisoned. They're not overdosing. Overdosing implies they took a lot of drugs, got carried away, and died. A lot of these deaths, and again, fentanyl is the leading killer in America for people between the ages of 18 and 45. A lot of these deaths are deaths of recreational users who took a pill the first time doing drugs. It's the last thing they ever did. It's horrible. It breaks your heart. Okay, and those things matter so much more than the capital. They affect so many more people, which is why no one is watching this hearing. You don't have the luxury, man. Most people are working three jobs to get by right now. Most people are running for their lives if they live in a blue city where the murder rates and the crime rates have spiked by 40 percent under Biden. Okay, they don't have the luxury of getting mad at all the chunky white people who made it up the stairs at the Capitol that day. To me, that was the biggest surprise, seeing the physiques of a lot of people at that rally. I'm like, how'd they get up the steps? Is there an elevator I don't know about? But again, it was bad. I'm not telling you it was good. I'm just telling you the reason this is a losing entity for the Democrats is because Biden is not benefiting in the polls from all of this Trump haranguing. But they're going to continue to harangue Trump. Why? Because they'd rather talk about the last president than talk about the current one. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, again, saying Trump's literally Hitler, we're all going to die. It's a lot easier than discussing a 40-year high in inflation. It's a lot easier than discussing an all-time high in gas prices or an all-time high in fentanyl overdose deaths, which is why Biden's poll numbers are where they are. Okay, 36%, okay, is the number now. It's a four-point percentage drop for Biden from June in this poll. This poll is giving Biden a 36% approval rating overall. It also marks a nine-percentage-point drop amongst Democrats. Okay, last month in June, okay, Democrats, 84% of them, approved of Joe Biden, which sounds crazy. Like, how could you approve of this? But you got to understand, one of the big problems, one of the big casualties in this current milestone of politics— of political pugilism, is people now root for their party harder than they root for their country. That's the thing I'm trying to change when I get on the air every day. I say, hey, if the Republicans suck, I've got to say something. Democrats suck, I've got to say something. Because we've got to get back to this place where the country is more important than the party. Why? Because when the party comes first, we suffer as a consequence. Things go downhill because people want to get a win more than they want to solve problems. When the country comes first, we don't care who's in charge as long as they're doing their job. And if they're not doing their job, again, we shouldn't care that it's our party. They shouldn't get a free pass. But because so many Democrats don't want to admit their guy's doing a bad job, they don't want to give Republicans, you know, the high ground to, to, to declare victory in the fact that they had the right candidate because the Democrats just want to get a win. And it comes to the court of public opinion. We're all taking a loss. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, understand, 84% of Democrats approved in June. That number has fallen to 75%. Of the 75% who approve now, 75% of Democrats who approve of Biden, understand all 75% are just doing that for party loyalty. You can't look at the country right now and say, oh, this is going well. Yo, understand that right now, according to other polling that we covered in, you know, at length last week, we're at a place where 80 percent of America thinks the country is heading in the wrong direction. So let me pose it to you this way. If we hire a big giant Uber XL kind of car they send for the big Fox talent, I get a car when I come to TV, understand, but I'm getting like an 81 Yugo. You know, they're not sending it. It's Jimmy Fallon. They don't care. They ask me to drive the thing half the time. They're like, yeah, it's got a quarter of a tank. Should get you there. You know, if you're somebody, you're a big name guy. You know, you get in that car. I mean, it's, they're sending you like the that stretch limo with the hot tub in the back. So let's say we get one of them. 
Let's say let's say I'm Hannity for the night. <laughs> I'm living like a like a make a wish thing. They let me be Hannity. Okay, and shout out to Sean. He's the best. Okay, but let's say I'm getting that level of ride. If if eight of us, okay, or ten of us for for that matter, if ten of us barrel into that giant Uber XL, ten of us barrel in, and eight of us believe after one mile that the driver is going in the wrong direction on the highway. 80% of us think the driver's going the wrong way. It means we don't have a very good driver. Do you understand? And that's reality. When you look at the polls, you can't tell me, oh, 75% of Democrats approve, yet 80% of the country thinks we're going in the wrong direction. You know what that means? That means 75% of Democrats are full of That's what it means. 5% of Republicans approve, which is no change from June. 28% of independents approve. Why is that significant? Because they are the ones who decide elections. Straight up, they are the ones who decide elections. Guys, at 28%. 28%. Okay, let me continue to read this. Biden is now less popular with Democrats than Trump Trump ever was with Republicans. Even after Charlottesville which is what Biden launched his presidency on. Remember, he said it's a battle for the soul of our nation because Donald Trump, he never condemned the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists in Charlottesville. (laughs) Again, Biden launched his whole campaign on Trump's speech in August of 2017, where the media to this day continues to insist that Trump didn't condemn neo-Nazis and white nationalists. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Whoa, what the hell, Jimmy? It's almost like the lion. I've never seen anything like it. But do you understand, even in the aftermath of those events, Biden's still less popular than Trump, okay? 43% of respondents strongly disapprove of Biden's performance. Only 5% of young voters under 45 strongly approve of Biden. 63% disapprove, 30%, 30% approve. Biden sucks. Bottom line. So when you turn on your TV tonight and you see Donald Trump all over it, okay, it's not because they really desperately want to talk about Donald Trump or think you need to hear what they're saying. It's because they'd rather you be focused on anything other than Joe Biden. Donald Trump's presidency is over. But for millions of Americans who devoted their entire lives to bashing him, the battle is just getting started. My car won't start. Friggin' Trump. The ex-president hotline helps you find a way to move on with your life. Ex-president hotline. He's destroying this country and he deserves to be in jail. He's not in office anymore, ma'am. Take a deep breath. Don't mansplain to me. Hating a president is a good way to avoid your own problems. Unfortunately, presidents go away, but your problems don't. Where's the tow truck? Probably stuck in traffic because of Trump. The ex-president hotline. Giving millions of Americans an outlet they can vote for. Thank you for holding. I understand you're calling because you're still upset about Barack Obama. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'm going to be speaking with Representative Kat Kamen in the next break. She's joining us in the 3rd Congressional District of Florida. One of my better friends on the radio. Why? Because she can talk substance and have a good time. I don't know if you guys heard, but the world is on fire. Everybody's on the verge of snapping. Like Michael Douglas 
in the movie Falling Down. You remember that when he just he can't sit in the traffic anymore? He gets out of the car. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Now, technically, that's from the movie Network, uh, but you get it. That's the vibe. Michael Douglas snaps. My job is to kind of opiate the masses in a legal way that's not going to get you killed by fentanyl. Uh, we take the issues seriously. We don't take ourselves seriously at all, and that's what I love about Cat Kamek. You'll probably get five drinking references, two risque references to strip clubs, and some of the best policy points anywhere in the country. That is why the conservatives are winning right now when you look at polls, when you look at the court of public opinion, because they're having fun, man. People want to have fun. If you die tomorrow, you're not going to wish you got in one more Twitter fight. You're not going to wish you chased one more person out of a restaurant. And I say that as someone who Fox pays to have someone chase me out of restaurants so I don't look too fat on TV. Put that cookie down now. I will be on TV at the end of today's show. Right when we go off the air at 2.57, I run across the hall, sit down with Sandra Smith, and you'll see me on the telly. We'll post it on the Fox Cross America Facebook page if you miss it. Uh, Tonight I will be on Kennedy. Tomorrow we're getting the band back together with Fox's lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. You can check that out as well. Jenny Fela and Lincoln Fela are going to be on the show tomorrow as well. So it's shaping up to be a hell of a week. But as I said, when you get into the issues, when you get into the vibe, when you get into the the climate out there, okay, I'm not talking about the fake climate emergency. I'm talking about the real political climate. It's so hostile right now. Nobody can coexist anymore. You know, it's like, I think we should, you know, keep relying on fossil fuels. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. That's always the reaction from the, oh, no way. Hell no. You're ruining the planet. You're going to get us all killed. So my job, as I say every day, is to create an audio safe space for cool people where you can just come and share your opinions and nobody's got to get mad. Because somewhere along the line, I think it was social media, it's such an era of incentivized conflict now where people want the digital dopamine that we call likes. And the easiest way to get them on social media is not by being funny or cool. It's by trashing the other side. Because you understand, that's what politics has been reduced to. We're all staring at screens, trying to appease other people who are sitting far away on the other side of the world, also killing time on the toilet. But the problem I have here is it's really rendered us incapable of having constructive dialogue. So if you're someone who's been listening to the show today and you disagree with it, yo, you can call me. I don't care. I'm old school. You know, and I'm not scared. I'm on the radio. You're God knows where you are. I'm used to talking politics with people who are sitting in the backseat of a taxi getting ready to stab me in the head with a screwdriver if I make a wrong turn, let alone disagree with them politically. So believe me, I'm open to some back and forth. Especially when it involves the great cat, Kamek, who will come by to do some card tricks and make some balloon animals right here when we come back in the big bed. One and only internationally renowned keto approved Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing too short. That's actually Greg Gutfeld's rapper name. Uh, But stick with me because we're not talking to Gutfeld right now. We're talking to one of my all-time favorites anywhere, a superstar representative from the great state of Florida's 3rd Congressional District. And it's not easy for her to be on the phone right now because she's in a set of invisible handcuffs. Kat Kamek is here. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. hey and hey. hey, were you playing that song from Too Short? Because I am only five foot three with T Rex arms. <laughs> I was actually just, I was cheap shot in Gutfeld. I would never take a cheap shot at you, Cat Kamek. <laughs> 
I know. Mm. You are you are not an equal opportunity offender, and for that, I am sad. All right. Well, we'll get to it. By the end of the interview, I'll have something nice for you. I'll have some mortally offensive barb, uh, but no, let's, let's, let's talk about it. Can you confirm that you're not holding uh, the phone to your shoulder using your cheek because you've been handcuffed by Capitol Police? I can confirm, but I am impressed with this invisible set of handcuffs that has magically appeared. And I do appreciate that while she was faking being handcuffed, she was able to throw up the good, you know, Uh power of the people, you know, (laughs) fist in the air. And, of course, it wasn't but 15 minutes later that there was a fundraising email out asking for $20 because AOC just got arrested, even though the photos. (laughs) <laughs> clearly show that this was all just a dog and pony show. So Oh, it's so true. Kind of crazy times we're living in. It is so stupid. But on some level, I do feel bad for her because somebody just told me she's unable to find the key. <laughs> she's unable to what? She can't find the key to the handcuffs now. So she's looking oh, for Oh, bless her pee-picking heart. My goodness. <laughs> you stop it. You stop it. Uh, but let me ask you this, Kat Kamek. Is you're a substantive person. You're actually trying to do stuff other than stunt. That's what, on... that, that's what you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> but let me, do you think, do you think on some level they're out there stunting, as the kids like to say, just because mm-hmm. the issue hasn't moved the needle the way they thought it would. Because I think they bought into this, well, if Roe gets overturned, at the very least, mm-hmm. it's going to galvanize voters for the midterms. I don't feel like it has. No, and I think that's really the whole plan, right, of these midterm elections, is put as many social issues out there that they possibly can, create division, really get people riled up, use fear tactics, because that's what they're going to need to win, is the fear tactics. And, you know, it's just like today. I was on the House floor debating another bill that is addressing a made-up problem for, you know, something that doesn't exist. And I pointed out that this is the only tactic that they have left in the bag. Mm -hmm. And people are going to see right through it. They're so sick and tired of the outrage politics, the virtue signaling. And there was nothing more eloquently displayed uh, when we talk about virtue signaling than the invisible arrest of AOC yesterday. I mean, that that to me is what just gets me so bad mm-hmm. that for those that actually buy this, yeah. they're living in a completely different reality than the rest of us, where we're, com- we're completely focused on issues that matter, like, you know, the fact that we're paying $5 for a gallon of gas or, you know, you can't afford your rent. And there's still Americans in Afghanistan, and we're literally being invaded at the southwest border. Those are things that actually keep us up at night. <laughs> but for the other side, yeah. they have to make up problems. <laughs> oh, it's so it's so true, man. It's so, and you know what's even funnier is everybody who got pretend handcuffed resides in a state <laughs> who isn't about to lose any abortion rights. Okay. Exactly. That's the most ridiculous exactly. part. That's the most ridiculous part of the whole thing. It's like imagine you're a representative from Louisiana and you're getting fake handcuffed to protest an alcohol <laughs> shortage. You know, it's going to be there in the French Quarter. It's, the alcohol is going to be just fine. You know what I'm saying, Kakamic? <laughs> well, and that's exactly it. I mean, there's just so much bad information out there about what is and isn't actually happening up here on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. And we all know that the, the Supreme court ruling recently with the Dobbs v. Jackson case returned the issue back to the states because when people say, oh, you know, this 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 ought to be for every single human, you know, equal protection under the law. Absolutely. 
you're talking about killing another human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, that is a real issue. That's a real problem. Oh, and so you know, it didn't outlaw abortion. We know that that's what that ruling did. It returned this issue back to the states where I would argue a person has a louder, more vocal and powerful voice on the issue to petition their governor and their state legislature. That's but the left doesn't want to hear that because their agenda is about dependency and control, and they can only achieve that when they're playing this virtue signaling, outrage politics narrative out and raising money off of it. And I tell you, that is the truth because they wouldn't have put out fundraising emails immediately thereafter their fake arrest if that wasn't the case. Oh, it's so funny. We're talking to Representative Kat Kamek from the 3rd Congressional District of Florida. She has kindly taken time out of her day drinking schedule on Capitol Hill to join us today. I mean, come on, don't judge. Don't judge. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, live I actually, let live, right? I don't, yeah, and I don't actually know that you have taken time out from your day drinking schedule. All I know is you're on the phone. <laughs> I can't I'm prove that. Coming off the house floor. Yeah, <laughs> there's that. There's that. Well, you know, exactly. one really quick, when you were talking about, you know, control and stuff like that, is there anything funnier than the governor of California? Uh, running ads in Florida telling your peop- your your constituents oh. that their freedoms are under attack. That, to me, I think is the most ridiculous uh, waste of money. I mean, he would have been better served to just take the millions of dollars it took to run those ads and produce them and just light it on fire. Because <laughs> it is laughable to have Gavin Newsom suggest that Floridians yeah. move to California for, quote-unquote, more freedom, the state that is literally – been locked down, uh, a state where the governor has had an attempted recall, the state where you have apps on your phone to pinpoint where human feces have been (laughs) spotted on the sidewalk. Nothing says come to California like, hey, you can identify uh, the the needles, the crack pipes, and the uh, homeless (laughs) tent camps. I mean, that's just to me insane. Yep. But they don't I don't think people hear themselves. That's what it is. Like they don't realize how ridiculous it sounds. I was I was actually in L.A. a week ago uh, doing some Fox stuff and some Fourth of July stuff. And I, I, I oh, hate bless. I know and I hate sharing this on the radio, but we weren't even a mile from L.A.X. when we saw our first outdoor bathroom user. And uh, it's always like a scavenger hunt in our family when we go to L.A. And it's it's sad, though, because like he's just he's turned his state into a sad safari where you're just, oh, look at that one over there. Oh, goodness gracious. You know, and I feel bad because these are real people and they're people being failed by their government, because the thing is, and this is what nobody gets. Every time you ask people to depend on the government, I'm talking about able people who can help themselves, you weaken their self-reliance a little bit more. And that government dependency is what ultimately leads to, like, widespread decay. And I think you know that. I know that. Um, But they frame this in the name of empathy. So a lot of people would disagree with us because they think we're not being empathetic. But empathetic is not making someone learn to not be able to do for themselves. It's making them learn to go out and, you know, fight a good fight. But I don't want to sidetrack you. Yeah, I don't want to sidetrack you too much because there's another thing I wanted to throw at you. Um, The babies who are being born in this country are still facing a formula shortage right now. Is that the case? Yes. This is Yes. And it's crazy. I mean, you remember back when this story first broke, when the Border Patrol agents were sending me photos of uh, baby formula that they were having to unload and stock at the processing facilities at the border. And this had been happening for quite some time. In fact, we've been hearing from parents across the country that supplies were getting short 
And so when we fly down to the border and expose this and every, you know, outlet in the world calls me a liar and, uh, you know, we push back and say, no, nope, here you go. Here's the live stream. <laughs> this was back in April, in May, and it's now July. And just last week, a bill comes to the floor and it actually removes the tariff for importing formula. Why does it take so long for us to actually take action or the Biden FDA, which was responsible for this shortage in the first place? Because don't forget, it was the Biden FDA that shut down the nation's largest manufacturer of baby formula without any plan to backfill the supplies and no plan to get this, this factory back online. And so I think it's pretty ridiculous that despite the fact that we've had national outrage, that there has been legislation that has been passed, that we are literally flying in cargo planes of baby formula, having passed legislation to ease the labeling issues, that there's still a shortage. And it's not because of supply and demand. We didn't just all of a sudden randomly start having more babies. It's because the Biden administration can't get out of its own way. They are so terrible at absolutely everything that they still to this day cannot get something that they broke just back to functioning. So this is a real problem, and elections have consequences. When you think about who you're going to go vote for for president, remember that they are responsible for appointing all these people who have no industry experience None. into positions that govern all of these industries that are critical to our national security. And baby formula is one of them. I just think it's absolutely insane. I could go on a tirade forever about it. But point <laughs> being, this has got to stop, and we need to make Biden a one-termer if there ever was one and and really understand that elections have consequences from the top down. Yeah, it's very true. And I think the White House plan in terms of when it comes to a crisis is they're not they're not half as concerned at solving the problem as they are with just getting it out of the news cycle. So for their money, they've solved the baby formula crisis because it's not getting talked about a lot. But if you're a parent, it's a long way from solved. It's a mess, (laughs) you know. Well, and Jimmy, how many things can can the average American be upset about in a day? I know. I mean, it's like you start you start really understanding, Okay. I'm mad about gas prices. I'm mad about food prices. I'm mad about my rent going through the roof. I'm mad about the fact that Fauci's trying to bring back masks. I'm mad about, you know, you can be mad all day long and there's still more to go around. So I think it's just exhaustion. People are sick and tired of being let down and constantly battling a government that's supposed to be for the people. And I think that's what is really going to resonate in November. Yeah, listen, you if you are day drinking, you haven't gotten far because you're very sharp today, Kat Kamek. I did not. This is a very adult conversation for us. I mean, this is more than I signed I up for, if you want to know the truth. I know. Holy wow, hell. Throw a zinger at me. Tell a dad joke. My <laughs> well, give me a little something, something, could you please? Oh, you're making me laugh. I do have, by the way, I'm supposed to have some stand-up dates coming back up in Florida. Um, we just hey. added a, a killer station in Orlando and, you know, we're working on the station in Pensacola. I mean, we're all over your state. But the point is uh, I'm trying to figure out where we would be safer in a comedy club or in Washington. And I don't know the answer to that because D.C. is the swamp. But if you've ever seen my producer in a comedy club, it doesn't end good for anybody, especially if oh, the comedy God. club is within 500 feet of a school, in which case he's not allowed in. But the point is it's a oh, mess. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, not good. Not good, <laughs> Kat Cam. At least Kamek. you're open and honest about it. At yeah. least you're open and honest. 
yeah, you have to acknowledge the problem. I don't want it out of the news cycle. I need to keep these problems in the news cycle for me because I need to solve these problems. You see what I'm saying, girlfriend? Well, listen, wherever you decide to do this routine, you know, I will fully support your TED Talk. And you know what? Maybe I'll even open for you. Whoa, Cat Kamek opening the game. That would be hot. That would be a good one. We do a Kamek <laughs> Vela tour. I'm into that. Um, I had this, t- I had this talk. Um, Myra Flores was on last week after getting elected to Congress yeah. as a Mexican woman. And we were talking yeah. about Jill Biden calling Jill everybody a bre- Jill, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. breakfast taco, yeah. that whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, on some level, I mean, it's obviously insulting. But And I almost, as Myra was saying, at least call them a better food because, you know, it, it demonstrates even a bigger lack of, of connection to the Latino community to call them tacos because, as she was saying, there are tamales and burritos that are far more popular within the community. So it's actually even more <laughs> offensive than we thought. I mean, if there if there was ever a moment to absolutely just show the sheer lunacy of this administration, it was in Jill Biden's speech. But I was really curious, you know, what's wrong with taquitos? Are, are she not hey girl. discriminating against taquitos? I, I, I don't know. I, I, is that I, sexist? I, no, no, not at all. I mean, I, I think you uh, – ta- no, I don't even think taquito is a gendered, is a gendered term. They're, they're called taquit-x now. They're not called taquitos. <laughs> It's, oh it's, Lord! Well, we'll have to get some cervezas and uh, taquita, taquito X's. I just love that this X's? this whole time we were joking about you day drinking, and then you immediately pivoted to the food at Seven Eleven, which would only be a place a day <laughs> drinker Listen, might I am be a snacking. Woman of the people. Clean it up, Cat Camic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buy a big gulp for me with your six pack. Could your girlfriend? We'll talk soon. It's an, it's an icy. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're the best. All right, we'll talk soon. <laughs> Appreciate you. There she goes. The legendary Kat Cameron from the 3rd Congressional District of Florida. There she goes. There we go. Back after this. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's like it's a it's a game changer. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Sending, of course, best wishes your president, Joe Biden, who was diagnosed with COVID-19 a little bit earlier today. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did happen. It's all over the intrawebs. Uh, It is something I will undoubtedly be discussing tonight with Kennedy on the Fox Business Network. It's 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, She is all worked up, back from vacation, cranked up by all of this runaway spending in Washington. Big government weenuses? The K-Train not happy, but we will get that band back together a little bit later tonight. Uh, As we wrap up today's show, take this bad boy in for a landing. You know, the one thing I can tell you about tomorrow's show, one thing we can confirm, because the news cycle is so fluid right now. We went to bed last night thinking Biden had cancer because that's what he accidentally (laughs) told everybody during his speech. But we woke up today knowing he had COVID. Uh, That's not a good thing, okay? We will not, you know, we can joke, but we won't wish the guy ill will. You know, this is one of those moments to not become the thing you hate. One of the worst moments, I think, for me personally in covering politics was Trump's COVID diagnosis because everybody on Twitter was just, you know, awful, like wishing death on the guy, just trashing him. The whole when they go low, we go high crowd. Forget about it. It was disgusting. And they were outside Walter Reed. Is he dead yet? Come on. 
when he came back to the White House. And listen, Trump was bad. He was in bad shape. I don't deny that. But the point is, I don't root for anybody to be in bad shape, whether I agree with them or I support them politically. Still just people, man. I'm just trying to, you know, remind you not to lose your humanity. It's the only thing that makes this show work is that it's very human. It's very flawed. If you just heard me and Cat Kamek, or if you just hear me, period, any day of the week on this show, the one thing you know to be certain is uh, I am far, far from a perfect person. I admire your honesty. Oh, I'm a hot mess, you know. But the thing is, man, and it's, I, I just come back to this a lot, okay? We have a show tomorrow. It's a wild Friday. Jenny and Lincoln are coming on. You're going to hear the Fela family, the entire Jackson 3, radio's first family together on the mic. We know that to be a thing. We know I'm scheduled to go do Gutfeld tomorrow night. This is what's on the schedule. But the dance card flips over so many times in this particular element we happen to be living in that if you really are a person who cares, and I know a lot of you message me, uh, and I know a lot of you who don't, but you still care and show up to these meet and greets and everything like that. If you're really a person who cares it's like there's never been a better time to just chill out just chill out because there's just like so much angst and anxiety running around everybody's so worked up right now it's nuts riding the subway yesterday first thing i see on the one train is a guy shoving another guy i have no idea why i have no idea why second thing i see is legitimately a pantless guy on the platform at 34th yeah, I said the same thing. But it was nice to see Jeffrey Tubin again. It's always nice. But the point is, okay, the world's on fire. If you're one of those people who's cool enough to pull out a stick and roast a couple of marshmallows, you're helping a lot more than you realize at a time like tonight. So keep playing good ball out there is all I can really ask. Go to one of these stand-up dates that we're advertising like crazy out in Lake of the Ozarks or in Carson City or the Red Rock Casino out in Vegas. Either way, the show's over. Pay up. Get out. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.